Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at LuminousAnglican.com. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Welcome all. Glad to be with you this morning. Those of us who are either not traveling or not traveling yet. So it's good to be here. Um, this starts my kind of my favorite time of the year. Those that know me know that like Thanksgiving to Christmas on the farm was both a, a little less work, a little more money, and a little more fun. And so for me, this is kind of a very sweet season. Um, and so now I get to talk about time because of that. But um, I also love. Um, in the years we've been in the Anglican tradition, listening, kind of having this rhythm of um, leading up to Advent and kind of where like our, our readings start to get a little apocalyptic and we're kind of talking about the end times and the reign of Christ and the things that are to come. Um, and I love that for me in that I get to kind of, uh, it's a rhythm of refreshment. Um, it's a rhythm of kind of starting and looking towards this new year. Uh, it's a rhythm of, you know, what, what, how am I using my time? How am I treating my time? And how has this last revolution of the earth affected me? And how will the next? Um, I have a, um, I don't know if, if a complicated relationship with time is a good way to say it. Um, but, you know, growing up on a farm, there's definitely certain rhythms that you get into. And what happened to me is, you know, went to college and realized that, wow, I have to actually, like, write things down now. Um, I can't remember everything I have to do. Uh, and so I kind of got into the whole, like, like, how do I organize this stuff? And so, I mean, back in the day, I had, um, no one here probably remembers this, the Day Runner, the little, hand, remember the rose, the Day Runner? And, you know, that was a big deal in college and, like, just paper and everywhere. But then when I got to college and I, I could afford it, I got the Franklin Planner. <laughs> you guys remember the Franklin Planner? Like, there was literally a Frank, Franklin Planner store at the mall that you went to. And you bought your year, and then the last year you put in your little folder and you put the label on it. And you put them, you know, and they have like all your years in a row. Um, and you wrote everything down, and then the next day you had to write it all down again because you had to transfer it over. Um, yeah, I read Getting Things Done. I read everything. Um, and just, you know, I have a lot of, I think I still have a lot of those Franklin Planner stuff stuck somewhere. I'm sure I haven't thrown them away. Um, but then now, like moving, you know, I, I'm an older dude ish, but I, I kind of made the transition to digital. And, uh, and now I'm like, I'm kind of hardcore. I've got like, an app where I can just swipe on my, on my email and it creates a to-do list in my to-do list and it links that email so I can archive it and I have it on Slack where I can star and that creates a new to-do and I can use Siri to create a new to-do and I, it all funnels to my to-do list and it's all labeled. Um, it's great, but I mean, then I end up with, you know, 600 to-do lists, to-do items on my to-do list that I have to do. Um, and, you know, like they say, if you're ready to get things done, they talk about trusting your system. If, if you email me and I get back to you right away, I'm trusting my system. If you, like, say, we probably just send out the dogs because he might have fallen on a well because I haven't heard him in months, I am no longer trusting my system. And all has gone awry. But we live kind of in this, in this pressure of um, time and task. And I found it interesting that the, that the liturgy puts together um, these two readings we had today, one on time, um, the end times and, and, and what that means to us, and one on task about, about the servants and the talents and how we carry them. Um, and I wanted to actually start by asking, um, Art, thank you for, the, for reading the other psalm because that 
lies in, ties in perfectly. Um, does, if you know the answer, don't say it out loud, but does anyone know how, how many weeks there are in the average human lifespan? Any guesses? 4,000, which seems very, very small to me. Um, since the time of Christ, if our calendars be believed, there have been 105,000 weeks. It's kind of amazing. Um, from here's another, I'm just going to give you a little, some little time facts for you this morning, but from the first flight of the Wright brothers until the landing on the moon was 66 years. It was all it took to go that far, from paper wings to a rocket. And it's 54 years since we landed on the moon, so, you know, we probably should have flying cars by now. Another topic. Um, one last, though, this one is, so I, I was a child of the 80s. It's my birthday tomorrow. Um, and, like, I was the child of the 80s. I mean, it was like 10 to 19 was my 80s years, right? So I got all of it. And back then, um, there was oldie stations that played on the radios. And the songs were from the 50s and 60s, you know? And uh, so it was great. It was fun. I loved it. Actually, I was a big oldies guy. I loved it. But if, if you could find a radio today, and if, you could, if the oldies station was on the radio today, you would uh, be hearing such old-timey hits as Poker Face by Lady Gaga, <laughs> Love Story by Taylor Swift, and Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Those are today's oldies and goodies. Um, yeah, crazy. And so when I come to, you know, with all this kind of my fascination with time aside, when I kind of come to this, like, apocalyptic point in, in our liturgy, um, I kind of, what I love about it, I think, is the wildness of the journey, if you will. Um, you know, if you, were, if you were making up a religion, Revelation, you would not include that in your, make, your made-up religion. There's just too much there. There's too much craziness. Um, you know, you write it out and said, you'd be like, okay, now when you do this, you get to this level, and then when you're level eight, you get to that, do this. It would be very, very written out very clearly and plainly. But instead, we get this amazing vision to wrestle with. We get these amazing words, these amazing pictures, and these amazing things we get to deep, live deeply into. And I also love that in a few weeks we're looking at John the Baptist, another crazy man from the wilderness that's going to come out and tell us all things to do. But it's fascinating. And so this, this time, this end of the calendar, this um, looking forward to the, to, the, to the come of Christ, the reign of Christ, the question is, you know, what, what do we have left? What are we going to do with it? How do we handle it? And into this comes the, this, this parable of Jesus on the talents. You know, giving his, his servants five, two and one talent to, to manage while he was gone before he returned. And a talent back in the day was a lot of money. It was actually a weight of money more than a, than a domination. Um, and depending on how you read, it's between a year and ten years of a salary. So even the, the one talent wonder that just had that one, he was actually dealing with a lot of money and dealing with a lot of, a lot of giftedness. And I mean, so we've, we've read this parable before. Um, I'm sure you've heard it a lot. Um, I heard a lot growing up about, you know, this was like, you know, work really hard for Jesus so that in the end times we can hear that, that well done, good and faithful. Um, I, my, my mom had this, I, maybe, I don't know if you guys had this or not, she had this quote on the wall, only one life, you guys know this one, it will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ is last, will last. Um, amazing, but also at the same time can be a little um, judgy, you know, a little bit like, that's a lot of pressure. You know, it's like when I was a kid too, the whole like, I don't remember this one, but um, the, um, Smokey the Bear, who was like, only you can move forest fires. 
Like, a lot of pressure for a six-year-old, <laughs> right? Like, I don't live in California, but I guess it's my fault. Um, but, but we carry kind of the weight of these things that, um, that are put on us. And actually, that, that, that quote, only one life, I actually conflated that. <laughs> um, I always conflated that, that quote. I thought it was a, was a Jim Elliott quote. Because um, they probably in my house are probably right next to each other. The Jim Elliott quote of like, no fool who can, gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Which is again a beautiful quote too. We put those together and you've got, you know, you've got some issues to work through. Um, but the thing is, what I discovered in, in researching for this homily is that it's actually a, a very beautiful poem by C.T. Stroud. And it's, it's kind of a, it gives much more context to it and it's kind of this beautiful how we, how we can live and how we can be. Um, and it's kind of a beautiful, like, running through of, of, of what life is about. Um, the thing is, though, I, I, that I feel like, and, you know, if you grew up at home like me, we had those two quotes on the wall. Um, more, more so that in, in the West, we actually, most of us are coming off a long run of doing. Um, and I know a lot of our stories have, have been that in the church and different things, where um, we're, we're not the one dude, we're the five dude, but we're not, like, taking five and turning them to five. We're telling them to 37 and we got like three deals on the side that maybe we can get to 40 before Jesus comes back. Um, and, and in that, we want to be the goodest and most faithfulest of all servants, right? That's our goal. And that's kind of the, the weight that we carry kind of in our, I mean, you know, Western culture is progressive. American culture is like do, do, do. And then you put the church in the American culture. And we have this, you know, this never-ending drive to like we have to accomplish and do and do and do. Um, Again, not that it's a bad thing, but it, it, it becomes kind of this, this underlying, it, it, that's what it's all about. When my, when my to-do list hits 600 things, that's what my life is all about, is, is doing rather than being. Um, and so I think my goal when I, when I come to these passages, when I come to this point in, this, in, the, uh, in, the, in the calendar, is to, to live in this time and these talents not with intensity, but with intentionality. And that was reactivity to like all I have to do, but again with intentionality. There's actually a beautiful freedom, in, even in that quote from the poem. Um, there's only one life. Just do good with that one life. Um, I also read a, a beautiful um, take on the talent, um, and I'm, I'm not going to bore you with the whole long thing because it, it was pretty involved. But basically, I'll boil it down to. Um, one commentator said that it, it possibly could have been the people at the time would have seen it as an allusion to the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Because a talent was the weightiest, the weightiest measure of worth was a talent. And kind of the weightiest thing, if you will, in the, in the Jewish tradition was that, that mercy seat. And so the talent then is the weight of the glory and mercy of God in our lives. And I, I kind of love that because it, it kind of brings this thing of like, my talent is not to do things. My talent is simply uh, to be a purveyor of that glory and mercy to others. Um, and when I sit in that, um, I, it, it's not a shame-based program. It's a, this is, this is a beautiful gift I have that I can share. Um, and the other thing that I, that I kind of love about this story, too, is that, it, you know, some, some of us will have a lot of things to do, and most of mine are not really worth doing, but I have them on my list. Um, but some of us will have one thing to do. And God will call you to that one thing. If that's prayer, if that's if that's caring for it for a for a loved one. 
But the beauty in that is that we get to carry this weight and glory, this weight of God's glory and mercy into that one thing or into those five things. We carry those with us as we go. But the other thing I'm thankful for, and, and as we read through the, the Thessalonians passage, it starts off hot. You know what I mean? It comes in with a lot of, a lot of language there. But I love the, how Paul ends that passage. You know, it starts off kind of the like thief of the night and it, it, about being awake and alert and prepared. And then, but then Paul ends with this. I want to read verses 9 to 11. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, as indeed you are doing. And, and what caught me there is, um, you know, that phrase, awake or asleep, um, usually that refers to alive or dead. And it's probably what it, what it means here. But for me, this time reading through it, I was struck by how just previously he was talking about those of us who are awake and ready and those of us who are asleep and not ready for the coming of Jesus. And, and if I pull that in here, it, it seems to say that, you know, it doesn't matter if you, if you did the work or not did the work. If, if you are in Christ, you are, you, are, you are saved and you are with him. That's a beautiful thing. And I think that's why I love, as we read through our liturgy each week, I love when we get to the mystery of our faith section. You know, it's very simple. It just says Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Whether we're asleep or awake or asleep, we will be with him. And that's that beauty, that gift. Um, Oliver Wendell Holmes has a quote that I love. I've loved this since, probably since Bible college because it, it kind of helps a lot of the theological stuff kind of fade away a bit. But he said that for the, simple, for the simplicity that lies on, the side, on, this, on this side of complexity, I, have no, I will not give a fake. But for the simplicity that lies on the other side of complexity, I would give my life. And I love that, that in, you know, we wrestle with revelation, we wrestle with all these things. Um, but when you distill it down, there's a simplicity to the love of God, and the simplicity of his salvation. Um, I love the story of who I call the thief on the left um, at Jesus' crucifixion, who just said, remember me. And Jesus said, done. You know? um, he didn't take any systematic theology classes, uh, didn't do any sacraments. He did no works but he was in. And so for me, again, I love this time because I feel like it's, it's a time when I can reset my relationship, if you will, with time and with talent, with to-dos. Um, the 4,000 Weeks quote was actually from a book I read this year called 4,000 Weeks. Um, it's fascinating. It's, it's not a Christian book, but he, he talks, about, well, talks about how kind of, he was a kind of a productivity nerd as well and did all the things I would, you know, all the things, but said that when he kind of reframed, um, reframed kind of how he viewed time, it really changed his life. From doing about, you know, boom, 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 um, to really kind of stepping back and being present. And it's a fascinating book. I won't go too deeply into it, but I'll, I'll give you one, one of the things he says to help that is to understand the paradox of limitation. And he says that in reality, we will never be able to accomplish everything you'd like to. And by facing this fact, you can begin to focus on what matters. We get to focus on what matters. And we get to take time and space like these, these, these weeks leading up to Advent to say, what is this about? How can we use our gifts, not out of guilt, not out of necessity, obligation, trying to earn our salvation, but use our gifts from and for the beautiful weight of the glory and mercy of God? to be the light, to share the love and forgiveness available. When we reframe that, well, I think for me, when I reframe that, only one life will soon be passed, um, it becomes a freedom for me. 
I get to choose that one, that two, that five talents that I'm going to be working on. I get to choose to be present. I get to be choose to be um, in this beautiful space together. And when we walk, we get to walk kind of this, this beautiful life together in this parish with all its tragedies and triumphs. Uh, we live to live in communion with God and others as we share the love and forgiveness of Jesus. We bring peace to those we interact with. And we look for the return of Christ and the restoration of this amazing creation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to luminousanglican.com. Peace be with you. 